Hey guys, welcome to the Katie May Show. I am Katie May. I hope you are ready to keep it real and talk all things marriage because that is what I do. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey in the pursuit of having an awesome marriage and accepting nothing less for this one and only life we get to have here together. Let's do this. Welcome, all of you lovely ladies in Marriage Empowered, and I'm sure, I am guessing, you guys might have brought your husbands along for some of this, because for those of you guys who don't know, I have a very special guest with me today. His name is Mark Santiago. We just so happened to find each other, and even though our names are similar, this was not planned. This was not, we had nothing to do with each other until we found each other in the same space in which we were serving. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, Mark Santiago is the CEO and lead coach at Empowered Man. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit here to the group. Tell them about yourself. Let's just assume no one knows about you yet. Oh, man. Well, I'm a big fuck up who happens to get a few things right in life. <laughs> I was literally just telling one of my sales guys that. Yeah. I was like, you know, he's like, man, you know, these guys want to get you on the phone. And I'm like, dude, you, you've got to present with the same confidence I do. I, I'm nobody special. I just happen to get a few things right in life. I happen to have a few successes under my belt, but I'm nobody special, but um, no, I was made by someone special. Uh, and so I look at that, you know, my relationship with God is that is the thing that's special about me. Um, other than that, I'm just a piece of shit. <laughs> it's so easy to go down that road, but no, in truth, I'm, I'm, I'm just being facetious here. Uh, in truth, um, I, I'm, I'm a guy who uh, went through a 17-year marriage uh, and in that process uh, learned some good things, some bad things, and ultimately uh, chose to end my marriage um, and decided to found a company to help men facing separation or divorce get their power back. And we do that through very, very practical ways of communicating, um, helping them own their shit, leadership, all those types of ships and shits. Uh, that's exactly what we do. Um, I've been doing this for two plus years now. Uh, we just crossed over that two-year anniversary. We've helped almost 2,000 clients in total uh, get their power back, and it's pretty exciting. That is awesome. Yes. And um, for those of you ladies who are listening to this for the first time, my name is Katie May. I am the owner, CEO, and founder of this beautiful group and Katie May Coaching. So I help and specialize high-performance women uh, and help them get their marriages to where they want them to be um, through a multitude of, of avenues, but mainly coaching. So Mark and I, um, stumbled across each other when I was actually looking for names for my badass wives club, which is my private group coaching program. Technically, you know, I didn't, I didn't go the empowered route, obviously, but I found Mark and Mark is like five minutes up the road for me. And yet we've never met in person. And we've never met in person. <laughs> and he basically does for guys what I do for women. So our it's been an awesome uh, journey because now some of our clients have cross-connected. Some of our my guys have, uh, or the, man, I can't talk today, Mark. I'm sorry. Some of the guys um, that my uh, women have been married to end up going to Mark and then vice versa. So it's been, it's been really cool. And, um, Mark and I don't shy away from hard topics. So I was like, you know, the conversation between women and men and what their roles are mm. in marriage, <laughs> just, it's just not had enough. Right. And I was like, who, let's see, who could I have this conversation with in regards to men being leaders and women being submissive in the roles of marriage. Now, I want to start this off on my end by saying I am in no way a biblical scholar or authority in this area whatsoever. I'm going to talk specifically from my own experience and knowledge of what the Bible teaches. And if you feel like you need to correct me on anything, please do. Um, but I was like, yeah, this would be a good, good, good discussion for Mark and I to go through because Mark, um, when people hear you say you help men get their power back, I know for a fact, there are plenty of people out here thinking like, why do men need their power back? Like, 
what, like, what is this? Right. Because there's plenty of empowered women or, you know, all of that movement. Right. Um, but like help them understand what you mean by when a man gets his power back. Yeah. As a, as a great intro segue, um, cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of context there. Right. Um, I agree with you. Um, I have some biblical understanding, so I could come at it from that place, but coming at it from my experience and my experience with working with 2000 men, I'm going to share some of those, um, things, including stay at home dads, men who stay at home and how that ends up affecting the, the marriage relationship. But when I talk about power, it, it, you know, if you look at culturally where we've been, at least in the United States, um, over the last hundred plus years, there's been huge shifts in women's empowerment uh-huh. for good, for very, very, very good. Um, you know, women weren't able to vote a uh, hundred years ago. You know, like there's just all kinds of crazy shit, you know, women's places in the home, not in the, not in the workplace. And so, so, you know, you saw the sixties feminist movement usher in a lot of really good change, but at the end of the day, what it did is it also threw some things off in my opinion, with the, the male-female dynamic and how we operate. And so in the 60s or so, you had massive incarcerations with men going to prison, more so at a higher rate than ever before. You have the sexual revolution, which opened the door to a lot of single parents, a lot of single moms. Um, divorce became rampant. And so with that, we are now reaping the seeds of generations that are fatherless. So fatherless generations reproduce fatherless men and fatherless men reproduce fatherless children, right? And so with that, you have all these men who are really like little boys walking around with bodies and penises as a man, but mentally and emotionally like a child. And so the power that they have given away is their own personal power when it comes to how they communicate, when it comes to how they feel and interpretate the world around them. And, and not knowing how to interpretate uh, what, what I would call the, the grand adventure of life or what men call with other men initiation. And so in the initiation of being a man, you're usually initiated by other men. And what's happened is we have a, we have a culture of men that have been initiated by moms. And, and you know, if you're a single mom, you, know, you might not be in this, but if you're a single mom with a boy, that is, that is an amazing thing that you're taking on with that son, but he needs a man in his life somewhere that he is not emasculated by his mom, but is emasculated by a man. And so we see culturally, this shift is what's happened. Leaders are no longer leaders. Men no longer stand up for what's good. They, they, they shrink back. They, they, it, it's, it's insane what we've seen. So when I say get their power back, what I'm talking about is their emotional power more than anything. And that is the power over themselves. That is the power to not be a victim. That is the power to be a leader, to be strong, regardless of what is coming against them. Uh Uh, Thank you for that, because I think the definition of that is so important. Um, To your point, the movement that we've seen as far as women empowerment uh, has been good but it has also, there has been some bad with any good, with any change, there has been some bad in that. And I will say a, from the bad perspective on this, what I have seen is across the board is not aligning with what we need as women in general is the like hypo feminist. Now we are, it's not a matter of equality anymore. It's a matter of we're better than, right. And that's not serving anyone. It's not what anyone wants to have. And the, 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 the reason I want to have this conversation is because, especially when we do dive into the women are, are uh, supposed to be submissive to the husbands in the home, right? And we're talking about, you're talking about leaders and what, what men should be in the home should be also leaders in their home. There is Every single woman I talk to, no matter what she does, no matter if he's a stay-at-home dad and she's a CEO of a giant corporation, um, if she's a stay-at-home mom, no matter who I talk to, we want leaders as our husbands. We don't want to come home to a husband who is passive, who is letting us run the show, even if we are currently, right? Like across the board, there is not a single woman I talk to who's like, yeah, no, I'm good with my husband just being passive. 
And so I think like, um, I want to have this conversation because I can tell from a personal level, submission was not really, uh, I'm not really a big fan of that word. <laughs> and I know, I know this is like something that is not innate or it comes natural to me to be a submissive member of my, um, relationship, but there is an incredible strength that I have discovered when, um, we, my husband and I have been aligned and I was able to submit to his leadership and, and, and am still actively pursuing every day submitting to his leadership. But I think the patriarchal structure and so many people have taken the religion and just smashed what this really truly is supposed to be in a home structure. So when we talk about like a man, man being a leader and a woman being submissive uh, in the past, it has been used to devalue the woman. It has been used to put her in her quote unquote place. And in all reality, it's, it's a matter of the fact that our value is equal. It's just a matter of the fact that there has to be a final say and there's somebody has to be the final say, but it truly is that men, it, men are held accountable by God for the state of their family. So he has to, at the end of the day, have the final say of what's going to be happening next with the family. What's uh, what, what's your interpretation or thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I think a lot of what you're saying, it, it, it resonates. And what I would even start to articulate is that every relationship dynamic is different. Like your yeah. relationship, like if you're listening as a woman or a man, and, and you're looking at your relationship from a 30,000 foot view, there may not be anything necessarily wrong with how you do it. It's, it's more about what is the, the, the posture of each person's heart. And, right. and I, because like, for example, like you and your husband, and I don't, I don't know how you make decisions, but you guys might like say, we talk about everything, but at the end of the day, my husband makes the final decision, right? Let's just say that's the way you guys do it. Yeah. But then there's others where it's like, we don't really talk about too much except for big decisions, right? Big decisions I want to know about and boom, right? Like, so the way you articulate this, number one, I think has to be as important because it's easy to kind of get caught in a shame cycle of like, we're not doing it good enough or we're, we're messing everything up uh, woman or man thinking that, you know, oh, like, yeah. it, no, you know, it's sure. like, we're not here to go, Oh, you're doing it wrong. What we're no. trying to do is I think give you a different perspective yeah. on what it should, what it could look like, not should, but could look like from a powerful perspective. Then you, you talk about the idea of submission, et cetera. And like, again, it's a posture of the heart for both, because I believe there's a, there's an aspect of mutual submission as well that comes into that. And, sure. and for me as a man, you know, there, there may be certain things where it's like wife has a very good point that I need to take in consideration and listen to her intuition because women have very, very strong intuition. And it might be, it might mean for me to make the best decision is to go, we're going to go with your decision. I'm going to make the decision to go with what you believe is, is the best thing to do because I believe in it. That's the way I personally am in my marriage now where my wife and I will have a discussion about certain things. And she'll feel strongly about something. And usually when she feels strongly about it, I start, I start keying in and start paying attention instead of arguing about it. I'm like, Hmm, I wonder why that is. And then as I let it seep in, in the way my personality style is as an ENFP or whatever, you know, like my Enneagram style, like, like I have to like, let that sink in for a minute. And then it's like, you know what? She's hundred percent correct. This is what we need to do. We even had that recently from a business context around someone we were going to hire for our business where it was like, and this was actually a friend of ours that we were going to bring in and be an employee of the company and all those types of things. And at first we were like, let's go, let's do this, let's do this. But then as we started to look at the details, it was like, oh, this doesn't seem like it's going to fit. It's not going to be a good thing. And we had this discussion back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's, let's make it happen. She's like, your company, your decision, you make it happen if you want to. And as she submitted to me, it allowed me the freedom to not fight her on it, but to really look internally and go, what is my motivation? Why am I trying to make this happen? And then as I saw it, I was like, you know what? I've got to do it this way. The cool thing was she called me to even greater leadership. She could probably hear me saying this right now. She called me to even greater leadership and said, I want you to have the conversation with that person. And so as the leader, I did, I had that conversation for her. It was a hard thing. It was like, ah, oh, you know, how do we, how do we do this? 
but it was like, that was a, an example of how we mutually work together yes. through making decision within submission to one another, right. And, you know, and, and going forward. That's so good. Like, that's such a good example because to your point, I mean, we are, we are built to be the helper and this is where people get caught up on the word submission helper, right? It's like, here's the thing. Men are to lead in their home as a servant leader. So to your point with the mutual submission role, the true posture of a man leading in their home in a godly manner, he's following God first. Hopefully. I mean, and this is when it's done right, right? Yeah. Like we're talking about what this looks like. If, he's, yeah. if his heart is first vested in God, he is going to pay attention to his God-appointed helper because she's valuable to him, which is exactly what you did. Right. And in that sense, the thing is, is we end up, um, in a power struggle because the wife ends up going, I am right. Damn it. Like I know business. I I do have this intuition. Listen to me. Right. And then in that very moment of her asserting herself of, maybe being aggressive or talking rudely to him or disrespecting to him, something in the man goes, ah, no, no. Like, I don't even want to step on that. Right. Yeah. But ultimately what you're speaking to here and what I really want to get across in this conversation is the fact that it's not a matter of like a patriarchal hierarchy where one is better than the other, but if done right, then you guys are going to, you guys are going to work. You guys are yeah. going to flourish because yeah you're acting within your natural God-given roles yep. and men are to lead their homes like Jesus ser- led and served the, the church. Well, Jesus died on the cross for the church. He washed feet of his disciples. He made it very clear that his posture was not better than it was equal. Yep. Right. And that's, I think a big message that gets misconstrued. So a question I would have for you and and just some perspective I would like would be like, what would you say for a woman who feels like she is uh, leading right now in the leadership role? What would you say she could do to uh, facilitate her man to maybe step more into that? Because you talked about being called to a higher level of leadership. And I love that. Yeah. Honestly, there's so many dynamics that go into it. Um, you know, when you're, when you're talking about this, so one is number one is like not knowing her husband, not knowing what, what is going on more than likely he's, he's passive and he's passive for a reason, right? There's, there's, there's something that is making him feel like as a man, he doesn't have what it takes. Part of it could be on her. Um, I see this like with very strong women. You heard him say part, you guys just pay attention to that. Not all. Yeah. (laughs) I'm very balanced in my approach here because nobody's to blame except for you. Right. Right. I am. I always take hundred percent responsibility. Um, But, but what happens is let's say you're, you're the way you guys have uh, done conflict as a couple has been the same thing. This is what we normally do, right? We get into this rut where she starts saying an opinion, the man doesn't acknowledge the opinion in the way that makes her feel heard and understood. Therefore she lacks trust. And then he goes and does said thing that is maybe opposite of what she said, negative results happen. Then she starts to get even more upset because she, he did not listen to her. He did not feel so now she doesn't trust him. So then you build up over five, 10, 15, 20 years of these types of little foxes that spoil the vine. Now you've got this, this constant rut of, well, this is what I'm going to give you my opinion. And then finally, she just stops giving an opinion because she doesn't care anymore. That's when you really lose it in a marriage. When the woman starts to go, I don't care what you do. And they, whew, I try to warn my guys. I'm like, once she's gone like that, you have lost your marriage more than likely. Once there's contempt as one of the four horsemen in the marriage, that's it. Anyways, so to, to a woman who is constantly feeling like she's a leader, more than likely calling him forward looks like entering into a different level of feminine energy. And what I mean by that is you have to walk out of your alpha womanness and into a place of submission 
that looks hard to do, especially if you're not used to doing this. I see her, her, her eyes are curling, her, her lips are curling like, oh man, I know what he's about to say, but literally getting to a place. I mean, you're dead on, you're dead on. It's getting to a place of submission to that man to make his masculine come forward Yeah, where it's like, honey, I believe in you. I believe in the man inside of you. I believe in who you could be. I want you to make the best decision for our family because I believe that's your intent. Like leading with that kind of like power does something to a man. It's, it's the erotic part, right? It's the, it's the, the, to make him, you know, to use sexual parts of it to an erection, to create an erection is to seduce him, right? Is to, to bring sex, uh, to bring sex into the marriage in a healthy way. It's let me seduce my man, get him aroused so that he wants to have sex with me. That is a very like beautiful thing that God created for a husband and wife to have connection with one another. And it's the same thing in communication where you get to a place where you don't manipulate him, but you bring an element of feminine energy that makes him want to get aroused and not fit. And I'm not talking sexually, but emotionally aroused where it's like, yeah, I want to be that kind of leader because you're calling me into that and you're supporting me along the way. I want, yes. I, and I, I, my face was more to the fact that I know how some women are listening to this and they're like, <laughs> cause, and i I, and the thing is, is it's uh, in a way of, um, I hear so many women say this and this, I, on a personal level can say myself, I related to because as a strong woman, I brought a very masculine energy into my marriage. I didn't realize that that was not necessarily a fruitful thing or that that was even what it was, right? Because it was just who I was. It was just who I I am. That's what I used to say all the time. And I hear ladies say this. And so ladies, if any of this is like, you know, triggering you, like pay attention to this, try to hang on because I know this is triggering and I know it's hard to listen to because to me, to be soft, to, like you said, go into a feminine energy, say, honey, I believe in you. I think you, you totally have this. Like, I would be like, oh my God, like that's such like ass kissing, like, oh, gross, like not me at all. He just needs to be able to see through like what I'm saying, trust me and like everything will be fine. Yeah. Right. And what I ended up doing is just continuously kick, kick, kicking him. Right. And he would never respond to that because on a natural level, he's like, nah, I'm in charge. Right. Like I want to be in charge, but you keep taking the charge. Funny enough, we even have a story like this when we were, um, gosh, we've been together since we were in high school and I have pretty good intuition about people. And I would always pick out his goofball friends like, dude, this guy is not good for you. This guy has not got your best interests, right? And he's, oh, you're just judgmental, you know, just, just judgmental. And, and we would get into power struggles like that all the time when we were young. And then eventually it moved into in a professional realm and stuff. And it would drive me nuts that he wouldn't use me. I'm like, I have psych background. I understand people. What's wrong with you? Like you have this tool you could be using. And this was my posture. This was literally the way I would talk to him. And, and that spoke to your personal trauma, didn't it? Oh, and huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> because in, I mean, in my, in my home growing up and this, yes, thank you for pointing this out. All of this mostly comes from and stems from unhealed trauma from wow. my past. And so much of my masculine energy came from anything feminine in my home really wasn't valued. Yeah. And before I say this, like, my, my parents and I have a fantastic, a fantastic relationship for any of you guys listening. You guys know this. Um, my brother and I have a great relationship now, but growing up, like it was like, we were going to be tough. Like you needed to be tough. And that was more valued, not like an intentional thing that my parents, cause my parents constantly gave me the be ladylike, be ladylike, be ladylike, and told me how much I was not because I was a tomboy, but I was, uh, I, I got places by being aggressive. My brother was rough on me and aggressive with me. And therefore I couldn't be soft in my home. And so all of that trailed into, yes, my marriage and did not suit me. It did not serve me. It didn't give me the relationship I wanted. And truthfully, really what it comes down to Mark, when we're talking about this is 
And, and this is for my clients too. We aren't acting in alignment with who we really want to be. And that sucks for everyone. No one wins there, right? Like they focus in on what he's not doing. He's not being a leader. He's not showing me where I'm, where I need to go. You know, he's being passive, but when we bring it into us as women, we are steamrolling. We are not being the soft feminine, which is powerful ladies, the feminine energy that Mark's talking about, that we're talking about, that's power. The steamrolling, I'm going to show you your wrong energy is insecure and it's a bullying stance and no good relationship flourishes from that. Yeah. And, and, and also, again, if you're listening, you know, what I'm sharing is for the woman to hear from a woman's perspective, right? That's, that, that's kind of who we're talking to is our, yeah. our target here, our avatar. Um, if I was talking to a man though, it would be a completely different stance. Yeah. I would basically be like, listen, you need to get the fuck up and stop <laughs> acting like a bitch. You're doing it right now. You need to man up. I get already your feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like from a man's perspective, like I can speak that way to a man yes. because masculinity bestows masculinity. Yes. And obviously within reason, I'm not going to, you know, shame a guy. But there's, there comes a point where it's like, I will push on a man and get him to respond. And sometimes he responds from place of anger and I'll, I'll go, there it is. That's what I'm looking for. And the reason I'm looking for that is because you've been so passive for so long because you're afraid of your own masculinity. And men that are passive are afraid of their own masculinity. They're afraid that if they just actually finally just allow the aggression to come, that they will just lose control and they will rip everything apart. And that feels unsafe. So the reason passive men marry aggressive women is because that woman's aggression makes him feel safe. And if you look at how the dynamic is usually, there's usually one parent. So for the woman, it's usually a very strong father and the man, it's a very strong mother, but a weak father. And they just basically recreate the whole thing over and over again. In a different dynamic. Yeah. In a totally different dynamic. And um, it just, it just keeps just reproducing the same fruit over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, but that's, I, I love that you said that too, because, um, I talked to so many people who are like, Oh no, I didn't, I didn't recreate the same dynamic. And I'm like, really, let's talk about that. And when you really break it down, it's true. Like you absolutely did. My husband and I are very well aware of that. Like he married his mom. I married my dad to some degree. It's just, it's just what we do. Right. Um, and so I think like, I, I love, I love this because so many women today look at the role of submission as a lesser value, like a a less valuable stance. Yeah. Um, something that was created because men needed to be above them. And that's not what it was created for. It was how it was used. It was how it was interpreted. Right. If you take a submissive stance to your point, Mark, my husband and I have some very, this is kind of the way our conversations go now is this is the way I see it. This is how I feel about it. And then we talk about it, but ultimately I do trust you to make the right decision. And that right there, that little key phrase, leaving it in his hands, right? I know I'm hearing women right now go, well, I can't trust my husband. What do you do if I can't trust my husband to make the right choice because he isn't in a leadership stance? So how can I just be in a submissive role with a man who doesn't want to lead, who doesn't want that position, right? And in that in that regard, I would say to the women is it's not a Hey, you don't step into your right role because he's not in his right role. You're responsible to yourself and God before him. You need to clean up your end of the street because that's all you can control. And you need to step into your power because right now you have fear and that's where your control is coming from. And you're not willing to relinquish that. So he doesn't even have a chance to step into leadership. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, my, or my, one of my stepdaughters, she's like six and she'll, she'll always come to, to Amy and I, and, and she'll be like, he, he hit me. He, he did this. 
he he did this, he did that. And so for our men, we created the she button. And for women, they do the same <laughs> thing, except you're just hitting the he button. Yeah. And, and it's constantly that blame. It's easier to blame other people. It's easier to blame instead of look at my own stuff and, and own my own shit and just do what I got to do. Uh, I, I would totally agree with that because what you're really talking about is boundaries, having healthy yeah. boundaries for yourself, which is I, I can't lead in this particular thing. I'm going to let you lead there, honey. I'm going to, I'm going to give this, you, this is your decision. This is how you want to do it. There are some tricky places for that when it comes to well-being of safety, uh, well-being of, you know, the family there, like it, it gets dicey, right? None of this is black and white. Um, you know, there comes a time where sometimes a marriage is completely over and there has to, you know, it just, you have to make a decision. I personally made the decision to walk away from my marriage because there was no repentance and there was no coming back from the things that we had gone through. Um, and you know, obviously I'm a man and I made that decision, but for women, sometimes they have to make that decision. I I hate that, but that's part of you having to come to your own place of what can I deal, you know, what, what is my limit, you know, and, 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 you know, especially from a faith perspective, where is God and all that, that's a whole different equation, but there's really boundaries around that. And, and that's what you have to do is create boundaries for yourself. Like I'm not going to take ownership of his stuff. Like that's his thing. That's his problem. You have to stop bailing him out. Some of you just keep bailing him out for no reason. And bailing him out is not helping him at all. Especially, you know, my pet peeve is men who don't do not fucking earn a living. Oh my gosh. I cannot stand when a man does not fucking earn money. I don't care if you're a stay-at-home dad or not. Get a fucking side hustle. Do something. Bring some sort of economic benefit to the house. And the reason I say that is because when a man is not working, like producing and making dollars, he loses his testosterone. Literally scientific studies have been shown that men's estrogen levels go up and their testosterone levels go down. And this is why we see so many men come to me who are like stay-at-home dad. And I'm like, where did this whole thing come from? I get it. Your woman is powerful and she wants to go to work. Let her go to work. But why can't you do something? Like, why do you have to stay home too? Or at least do a side job, do something that makes you produce income for your family uh, because it, it gets sideways and wonky really, really fast. That's really interesting. Um, because one of my questions was actually, um, what pressures do men face as the leaders of the home that women are unaware of? And that I think kind of starts to speak to that. Financial production is huge. Mm -hmm. If a man is not producing or doesn't feel like he's producing, he's lost because we're so like, some women need a job or like, like they have a strong desire for career, but yeah. most women don't. Most women feel okay as long as they're maybe doing something, right? Like volunteering at the PTA or, or doing something like that. Like, like they, wanna, they don't want to just feel like they're just a mom. Like a lot of women do, a lot of women don't, right? It's like, a, it's a mixed bag. But with men, we're so hardwired to what we produce because we're hunters gatherers. We're, we're, we're designed literally to go hunt and kill and bring in for the family. And if we're not hunting and killing, what are we doing? This is where we, we lose ourselves completely in, in things that, that aren't, aren't who we are. I think, and I think I would, so this is really tough because this is the way the family structure was set up. This is the way this family structure has been, you know, for years, it was like you said, hunter gatherer, woman stays at home, takes care of the kids. Right. And so now here we are into the modern society where women can work, can be successful, can be the breadwinners and men don't necessarily have to be right. Like the same, the same structure changed completely. The reasons we even get married. Now we used to get married for survival, for like support and dependence. And now that's not even a thing anymore. We are literally just getting married to create families because of this same dynamic. Right. Which is exactly why we get lost in the whole, who's the leader, who's in charge, where, where do we draw these lines, who creates these dynamics. And in that same thing, I would say, I don't, I don't, uh, I know some women, I know some women, and this is also probably because of the circles I'm in. Some women I know are fulfilled being stay at home moms, but like you said, they have to have a much higher purpose and be very secure in themselves to just to be completely fulfilled doing that role. It is, it is hard. I have to stop myself here because I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to make sure I'm saying this right. It is the hardest freaking job ever. I did it for three years with my son. I was totally unfulfilled. 
<laughs> but, but, but mostly it was because of my own mind crap and what I thought a good stay at home mom should be or would be and all of that mind garbage. Right. Um, to this day, I obviously now run my own business. I don't have a desire to just, just be at home. I have to have something else. So to your point, when we talk about men and earning an income, I'm, I know there are some people and I know because a lot of the women I work with are the breadwinners in their homes that their guys are like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to, I, I I'm, I'm okay. And I honestly have not yet met a couple that's thriving under that circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the affair, I mean, I've, we've had a lot of guys come to us. I think every guy that was a stay-at-home dad that came to work for us or came to our client base, uh, they were cheated on by their wife. And it was usually with some guy they worked with mm-hmm. and especially somebody in leadership. And it's usually because the, their husband was no longer a leader. Mm-hmm. They, they had given into the estrogen, lowered their testosterone, and they had nothing left to give other than, hey, do you want pancakes this morning? You know, it's like... And, and like, I think there's this, this almost like this utopia in our mind of, of, for those women, particularly like, oh, I can go out and be the badass CEO. He'll take care of the kids, make sure they're okay. And, I'll, and, and everything will be fine. I'll just pay for everything. Cause they like that it's control. And that control has everything to do with insecurity. And if you look at them, you look at their un, unmet met traumas, et cetera. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if you're in that situation and that's you, I would, re- I would highly, you know, recommend challenging your husband to go produce something. Uh-huh. Go build something. Men are built to men are, are wired to build. They're wired to produce. And if they're not producing, I guarantee you, that's why he's depressed. That's why he's lazy. That's why he's not doing anything. And you gotta, he's got to get out of that funk. He has to want that for himself, but that yeah. would be the, the sort of challenge, right? Is, is he needs to get out of that himself and not just be sitting around just waiting for you to come home or, or whatever. I'm interested um, to your perspective on this because so many like of the women I talk to who are, I mean, they're, they're very, they're bad asses. They're killing it in life and career. And they, they want their husbands to be happy. They want their husbands to have that same drive and that same fire for something else. But then they, but then they just simply don't. Right. And to, to your point, when we're talking about the limitations within a marriage, in a relationship, now you can't control him. You can't make him happy. You can't make him want something. Just like you said, he has to want it for himself, right? So my advice usually is to then challenge him, like in the sense of, babe, I love you. I, I want better for you. I know you want more for yourself in this life. I know you're not happy, right? So what, what needs to happen next in order for these things to change? Because what's going on here is not currently working, right? Like I'm not, I'm not feeling fulfilled. You're not feeling fulfilled. What needs to happen and put it in his court to then, like you said, call him to stepping into like what he needs to do next. Not, Hey, you need to do this. Hey, go do this. Usually it's like a directive given, right? You need it. Go find a job, go do this, right? Go see a therapist is actually, let's just be real. Most women just tell them to go see a therapist, please go. So go get help. And then the guy begrudgingly goes because she tells him to and doesn't want to go. Right. So in my, in my view as like somebody who's habitually depressed, this has been going on a long time, right. Calling him to a sense of challenging him of like, look, we're literally on the point of like, we're going to break here. Right. And that, that would be my advice to her would be like, it needs to be a non-negotiable. It needs to be brought to him in a sense of you truly do are concerned for him and his well-being in his life, not just making it all about how it's affecting you and how you're looking down on him because then it's a shame, a shame cycle. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Can I give you a slight tweak in the language you used? Mm -hmm. So from a man's perspective, even though, even though you like lessen the blow, yeah. It would still feel like you're making me do something I don't want to do. Okay. So the way I would approach it is again, sort of that feminine energy mm-hmm. that, you know, I noticed that you, you're not content with life right now. I'm not content with it because of that. 
um, you know, with, with what's going on, how can I support you? Yeah, that's better. Because (laughs) yeah, it just, it's like a slight tweak, but just that slight tweak says, I give a fuck. I -hmm. care about you. I want you to succeed. And the other one almost sounds like an ultimatum. So it's like just that slight tweak. And that's why it's so important with our communication Mm -hmm. that we like use words that we measure our words and we use it in such a way that is edifying, not just like trying to cut. Right. Right. No. And I I appreciate you saying that because ultimately that is, that is the way you want to go about it. And, um, as far as just how we're communicating right now, it's like, yeah, I'm all hyped up. So (laughs) is yes. How I can support you, but not, but not take charge of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where, again, boundaries come from because you can create a boundary around that. And he said, let's say, let's say we have this conversation. He goes, well, you know, I need you to help me find a a new job or something like that. Okay. Why do you feel like I need to help you do that? Well, because you're better at this and that. This is where you can set a boundary, honey. You're a grown ass man. I'm going to let you do that. (laughs) That's serious. I would, you would tell a woman to tell a man he's a grown ass man. And he can do that? Really? Yeah, yeah or- cuz I did that to my ex-wife. You no. No. Okay. My ther- it came from my therapist. I she said, it. "Mark, isn't your isn't your wife Go a ahead. grown woman?" I said, "Yeah." She's like, "Well, then you can tell her that." I was like, "Okay." So I did. Therapists are not always right, Mark, and we know this. True. <laughs> it worked for me in that situation. It's it's more about look, I- you're I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And it was very much to the point of like exactly how you corrected me in that moment. I'm going to say like, I wouldn't recommend it personally because I feel like the same. I feel I, I've told my husband that a lot. It never went over well. (laughs) So, right. It depends on how, what your, what your relational stuff has been, right? Like if that's something you've already been like nagging him, like you're a grown man, get your ass up. That's a totally different scenario, but it's like, literally you're calling him out like, Hey, you're an adult and I'm going to let you deal with that because that's, that's what you can do. You're, you're perfectly able to do that. Yeah. Well, you just said you wanted to support me and I told you how you could support me. And now you're telling me, I just need to go do it. So that doesn't even make any sense. Why did you just ask me that? Yeah. It's a great question. What support do you actually need? Cause I'm not going to do it for you. <laughs> I'll support you, but I'm not going to do it for you, honey. This- I love you. This is, this is a perfect, it's a perfect example for our listeners to pay attention to this because this, like everyone's like boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And it's like, boundaries are not a matter of controlling the other person's behavior. It's just simply letting them know where your limits are, but you have to be aware of them first before you can impart, like communicate with them. Yeah. And I mean, some, some women might go, okay, he wants me to, you, you want help finding a job. Okay. Let's talk about it. What kind of help do you need? Well, I just get, cause sometimes it's literally a matter of communicating with them and getting them out of their head. I, I tell this to my, to my, the guys on my staff all the time, got to get out of your head and into your body. Yeah. Men have to get into their body. Women Again, too. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, for me, at least I've noticed with men, but maybe women too, but yeah, like yeah. they get into their head so much and a man has, to, this is why I said man has to build with his hands. Like he has to do something physical. I go to the gym three times a week and clank big weights because it makes me feel powerful. And it reminds me of my strength as a man, because I work behind a computer all day. And that is not the way I was intended. I wasn't built to work behind a computer. I'm not a slug. So I have to do things with my hands. I have to go out. I have to walk. I have to exercise. I have to do those things because that's, that's how it was designed. That's how it was built. Um, but for men, like if they get so in their heads and they overanalyze everything, like if your husband's one of those guys, he's got to get into his body, encourage him to go take a walk, go hike, do something that gets you out of your head and into your body. And those ideas will flow the different things. Cause that's really what it comes back to is they just sometimes need to be talked out of their, their stuff where yeah. it's like, well, why is it hard for you to do this? And you just ask the questions, what's going on? How, how can I help you? How can I support you? What do you need? And they're like, well, I just need you to do this. Okay. Well, tell me more about that. Why? You know, what, what is it you really need? Because they're not, they're just, they're just doing that because men grunt. Men don't actually communicate. We just, uh, uh, I don't know. I just uh, do something woman. Uh, right. Cause we just grunt we don't know how to articulate what we feel because we don't even know what we feel inside. Hence what I teach my men in my thrive program. Well, and so for, again, cause this is a primarily feminine, um, you know, listeners, men really were brought up to and taught that the only acceptable emotion for you guys to emote 
is anger, yeah. right? You're not allowed to experience anything else. Maybe you can be excited or happy, but like, you can't be sad, can't be hurt. You can only be angry. So, and then, and then us women go like, why the fuck are you so angry? Like yeah. he's angry all the time. He's like, he's this like Hulk. All of a sudden he's pissed. He's pissed. He's pissed. He's pissed. He's not pissed. He just has no idea how to connect with any other emotion. And that's the only emotion he can feel comfortable putting out there. Right. Like, and this is, this is so, I love this conversation. I know it's helping a lot of people. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I wanted to talk specifically about this because ultimately I wanted to hit home with the fact that sub- submission in your home as a woman is a strength and it, and it can only be done when a woman is very secure in herself. And so I hear, when I hear the women saying like, oh, I can't trust my husband. Now to you said, not to your point earlier in this was there's a lot of gray, things are messy. You do really need to use your judgment in the sense of if he's to the point where you are, and this could be a very big red flag for you in the sense of where you really cannot trust him to actually take care of you and your family, um, you know, and there's in an abusive way or whatever, you don't feel safe. This is not the discussion we're having, right? We're, we're talking about safe and secure families that are, are butting against power struggles and dealing with some stuff they need to get, get through. Um, if you're in that situation, please remove yourself, get safe, right? Um, reach out, get some resources ASAP. Um, it, it needs to, it needs to end at that point in order for anything to ever happen, you to heal pro, you know, progress to happen in anything in that sense, that's not what we're talking about here. But when you're sitting here from a woman's standpoint saying, I don't want to sub, I don't want to submit because I don't think I should have to, but I also want a leader in my home. You, you don't, you don't get both, you know, you don't, you don't get to, you don't get to be in control and then also get him to lead because that's not how that works. I think there's a key thing you just said there though, that and to remind everyone is that when we're talking about submission, we're not saying the man gets to control you. And I think that's the greater fear, yeah. right? Yeah. We live also in a culture, unfortunately, of, of women who have been sexually and physically abused and emotionally abused by men at a larger rate than probably ever before. And more now than ever are, are women starting to understand that trauma starting to come to grips with the trauma and want to actually deal with the trauma. But in so dealing with the trauma, then end up having these triggers and having these like almost strange boundaries that like aren't necessarily healthy. And like, you, you know, kind of people that are like so woo woo that they're like, like they like everything is like a boundary and like nobody like can touch like me. Green, and like, you know, it's just super strange. Um, um, got the, got well, the echo. <laughs> <laughs> well, they feel, un- they feel unsafe. So they, and they, and they have not processed that trauma. So they can't, they can't possibly align with what is safe because of that very thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you're dealing with a lot of is, is that, and we're not talking about someone coming in and invading you. And I mean, let's be honest too, is like, if you feel like your husband is like your abuser, holy crap. Like there's, there's definitely some things that need to be, to be dealt with Um, whether it's on him and him actually being abusive or your perspective of him needs to change because maybe your perspective is unhealthy because that is yeah. also a real thing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, I, my, just from the, uh, the aggression in the home that I received from my brother, like I absolutely, I absolutely was hypersensitive with my husband, like in a, in a major way. And it was like you said, my perceived, my husband was like, I used to have to like, ask him to wrestle with me. He's so like, he's not, not at all aggressive at like in that way at all. And it, it it's, it, it's funny because I still looked at him as somebody who was not safe for me. And then I produced that, right? Because that's what you do. This is all that childhood coming back up. That's, that's what you do. And that is, that's a great example of that because I didn't feel like I could submit to my husband and be in a safe space, but that's exactly what it is. And when I talk to women today, it's it, but you, 
your safety, your security comes from God first. Ladies, we don't, let's not forget that you answer to God first. So if he is not being led by God, if he is not, if he's not serving God first, right, then you get to answer to God first. And that's the role you take. And that's where you can call him to, Hey, you answer to God. You don't answer to me. Paul addresses uh, that in first Corinthians, if you want to really get into it. And, and he, he goes after that in first Corinthians specifically around women, how to treat your husbands, your unbelieving husband specifically. Right. And if your husband is acting like an unbeliever, right. And if he doesn't provide for his family, he's like an unbeliever. I don't know if you've read that before. <laughs> There's a scripture where it talks about that, but I won't get into that right now. Um, you know, we're, we're essentially, you know, if you're, if your husband is that way, it's like even more so for you to serve him even more so for you to, to put honor on him because it's like putting coal in his head. It's, it's literally like, Oh my gosh, this woman, like she just keeps loving me regardless. And sometimes that breaks stuff. You never know what that's going to break in him. Yes. Well, and more importantly, move as a result, right? Like you're, when you say break cause, cause things to actually change yep. within that he can actually step forward into the role he is designed to be, but no amount of beating them down or tearing them down or telling them they, you know, don't have balls that that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna, that's, that's not gonna call any man to power. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, like if, if I could speak from, from a man's perspective here, men already know, they already know when they're not stepping up to the plate. They already know when they're failing, they already know, they already feel it. So you heaping more shame on them is just reaffirming the story that they've been telling themselves about themselves versus I want to understand your pain. Seek to understand before you seek to judge. And that will go way further than than anything else. Again, a lot of this has to do with doing your own personal work. and, And the more freedom you get in yourself, the easier it is for you to be free to love someone else. The freer I am from me, the freer I am from you, which means I, I can love you regardless. That's exactly, um, that's exactly the work you do though with men Yeah, is you have them do their own personal work. And that's exactly the work I do with women, which is why Mark can work with a man that, and again, we're not, we don't work side by side here, guys. I'm not, I'm not taking the wife on. He's not taking the man on. This is not how this works. He will take a, a husband and work with him and their marriage can improve just by the husband doing his work. Um, I, I can take a woman and work with her and just by her doing her own work, the marriage can absolutely transform. Um, yes, it does take the other person to come alongside, but the work that you do within yourself is so powerful that when you are cleaned your side of, side of the street up so well, that the only thing left to do is this other person is to change. That's, that's, that's evident, right? Instead of just being two wrongs, which is where you've been this whole time. So there's hope in that. And then like I tell everybody, and I know Mark, you, you do more, more so than me in the sense of your marriage is not your, is not your responsibility in the sense of your relationship. You're responsible for how you step into your relationship. You're responsible for your approach and how you treat your husband and how you speak to him and how you show up every day of your life. Your relationship is out of your hands. It's out of your control. If, and, and as long as you're showing up that way, the rest is up to God. You cannot control the outcome. You can only control your behavior. Or if you know, I'm kind of laughing because I actually have a, a statement. I got it from Jocko Willink and I, and I kind of tweaked it to my own. I said, there's no such thing as bad marriages, only bad husbands. Oh gosh. And so we kind of take an extreme view of it and, and not to say that you are at fault for your marriage being the, what it is, but for men, I look to them as leaders and I say, well, if you're going to be a leader, you are responsible for everything. And it doesn't mean you're at fault. It just means you're responsible. And that's how we call them to action. That's how we call them to attention out of their slothfulness to where they're like, shit. It doesn't mean they can control it. We always, yeah. we always talk very much about, look, the same thing. You talk about your side of the street. We use a different kind of vernacular, but the same exact thing. You were responsible for you. You did not make your wife cheat on you. You did not cause her to do that, right? Even if you were the worst husband in the world, that was her decision to make, but you're still responsible 
for the marriage. You're, you're the leader. And, and that leadership thing is a huge, this is where it can get into that almost weird thing of submission and who's really in charge from a woman's perspective. You're right. You're not responsible for the marriage. I believe men are. That's, that's my personal conviction on this and not that it's their responsibility to fix. It's their responsibility to create new, to, to take what is broken or dead and breathe life into it. To just like Adam with Eve gave the, the rib, right? Like that part of himself to her, it's the same type of thing where we get into our place of submission, um, you know, to, to, to God essentially. And, and, and where we're under that submission, then we have power, we have true strength. We have, you know, but it all comes from humility. You have to be in a place of humility. So we actually are really big believers that the men are the ones who are responsible for it. Not whether or not, you know, Hey, I can't make her come back but I can definitely be responsible for the marriage because somebody has to be, somebody has to be responsible for it. And I'd rather the men at least stand up and go, I'm going to be responsible. I was responsible for mine. It failed. And I take hundred percent ownership. And, and if I, if I listed off all the bad things, my ex, ex-wife did be like, dude, you didn't do anything wrong. Oh, I did plenty wrong. I take hundred percent responsibility for it because I'm the leader. And as a leader, I married her. I chose her. I asked her to marry me. I stayed with her through all those things. I forgave and kept letting myself happen. I didn't have boundaries. I wasn't strong. Like I could list off a million things and that's how we take ownership. Well, and don't, don't get me wrong here. I'm, you, you heard me say it's, there is ownership. Yeah. We, we do have responsibility, Yeah. but for ourselves, we have yeah. responsibility for how we're showing up in the marriage. And if we're showing up like pukes, you know, then we, we have responsibility in that too. Right. And that's what, that's what I meant by the fact that we can't control the outcome of the marriage. But if we are focusing in on showing up as we are supposed to, as we want to, as our God ordained daughters on this world, then everything else should fall in line. And then, yes, if it doesn't, you're right. That's, that's out of your hands. Right. We can only do so much. So I don't want to leave it on that. <laughs> I feel like it's been a fantastic conversation for those of you guys who are um, looking to uh, find more information out about Mark. Mark, where can they find more content? Where can um, husbands find you to get more information? Great question. Um, we have a free Facebook group called empoweredman.co uh, slash group. That's the easy place for a guy to go and get in our Facebook group. Um, if they're too scared of that, send them our podcast, Empowered AF. You could say, hey, I discovered this guy. He had some really cool things to say about women. I don't know, or whatever, you know, what, whatever. Uh, I, I don't even know how you pitch it to a man. Um, he had some really cool things to say. I thought it was really cool. Or, or maybe you just want to slide it to him under his desk or something or make, make a card, a business card or something, give it to him. Or have his buddy give it to him. I don't know, you know, or put it on the, put it on the, the serious, no, I'm not on serious, whatever it is. The pitch that I always say is the, Hey, he said this about women and I think he's right. And I can see where I, mm. I may have a tendency to do this. And I was curious about your thoughts. Cause if you pitch it to him in the sense of like, Hey, I really, this spoke to me and ladies, I know something in here spoke to you. And if it did, then lead with the lead by owning your bullshit, right? Like lead by saying, Hey, this was my bullshit. He called it out. And I, and they have an interesting conversation. I wonder if you would also agree. Yeah. I don't know. What are yeah, your thoughts? No, that's good. Uh, empowered AF. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere, Amazon, just look up empowered AF on Google and you'll, you'll see us pop up. I got like 80 something episodes, um, you know, for guys that are, not thinking they need to work on themselves, this definitely will punch them in the face. Um, I hold no punches back. I go right after the jugular. And after they've listened to three or four episodes, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I need to change. Holy cow. Um, and it's just because we all do. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not taking my anger out on anybody and like, oh, you're a bunch of losers. It's just, man, these are things that men need to be aware of. And that's what I talk about how to not be manipulative because a lot of men are very manipulative, how to have actual healthy boundaries in a relationship, how to communicate from a place of love and respect and stop yelling and, and grunting at your wife. Like all those things, those are the practical things that I talk about in there. And I talk a lot about ego and, and how ego gets in the way of a marriage and how it destroys things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I actually have a lot of female listeners too, surprisingly. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I listen to it too. And I, I, I encourage my, um, my fellow women out there to listen to it because you do get a better understanding of men. Right. And from a female's perspective, 
one last thing that we need to work on is having empathy for men, for our men, because it's not, it's something, especially in the circles that I'm running in, um, and myself, it wasn't something that came natural. I just assumed like, oh, you didn't need that. (laughs) Here's they, they, you guys don't present yourself as, oh, I need empathy. So we don't give it. Right. And the fact of the matter is, is there's a lot of hurt under there and understanding that about men. I found that to be very good for anyone listening. It's, it's very worth listening to, even if it's not just your dude, understanding your man is important too. All right, Mark, thanks so much for coming on here. And it was an awesome conversation. I'm sure we will be doing more of this later. And ladies, if you guys have any questions, you know where to find me. Um, I'll leave Mark in the group. So if you guys have any questions for him or for me after the fact, feel free to tag and ask questions and we'll come back on there for you. Okay, bye guys. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. I know in such a busy world right now that there are so many things pulling at your time and vying for your attention. So the fact that you're willing to spend it with me is truly an honor. And for those of you who are wondering how you can get involved with me and get more of my content, please feel free to join my free Facebook community at Marriage Empowered. You can also follow me at Instagram at Marriage Empowered. And if you'd like to book your free consultation call, you'd like more information on how I might be able to help you in your life or marriage, and you'd like to know more about that information, feel free to book your first free consultation call with me by going to my Facebook business page at Katie May Coaching LLC. And of course, you can always hit me up on the DMs. Thanks again so much for tuning in, you guys. And all of this information is also located in the show notes. Have a fantastic rest of your day and I hope to see you back here soon.